All right, I'm going to read a passage from Luke 1, 26 to 33. We'll skip some verses, then we'll read 39 through 45. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 39. In those days Mary rose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. The word of the Lord. I don't know if you picked up on it, but when Mary... Uh, was uh, she became greatly troubled when an angel came to her and tells her that she's going to give birth to the Messiah. She wasn't looking for this. She hadn't been praying, you know what, God, I'd really like uh, to give birth to the Messiah. Uh, the Son of God is the kind of baby I'd like to have. Uh, she wasn't looking for this at all. She wasn't even looking to have a baby. She was just looking to get married. And then an angel shows up to her. And the text says that she was greatly troubled. And you can understand why if you know more of the story. It's hard for her to believe this as good news. I mean, after all, she is going to have to flee to Egypt with her newborn because there's going to be evil King Herod who wants to kill her baby. You can understand why it's troubling because her fiance is going to come really close to leaving her. You can understand why it might be troubling because her, her pregnancy undoubtedly brought shame upon her and shame upon her family. But it's still good news. It's good news nonetheless. She's going to give birth to the Savior of the world. So doesn't that sound like me and you? We know the good news. We know the good news for us is that God loves sinners. But we really struggle to believe it. Sometimes we're even troubled by it. And Mary struggled for all the reasons I just gave, but we struggle to believe the good news that God loves us as sinners because we get so much bad news. So what kind of bad news have you gotten recently? You look back on 2021, you're looking at your taxes, and you see that you lost your shirt in a business deal, and you wondered, how could a good God allow this? Maybe in the last year you've received an undesirable diagnosis and you wonder, how am I supposed to believe God loves me when he could have prevented this illness? Maybe over the last year you've lost a baby. Maybe you've lost a loved one. It's hard for you to square your experience with God's love for you 
in Christ. Brother and sister, Mary's been there. She was troubled by the good news. She had a hard time believing it. And I'm sure that Mary had lots of talks with God in the months ahead about why he got her into this. Because being the mother of Jesus was painful from the beginning all the way to the end. So when you struggle to believe the good news, you're not the first one and you're not going to be the last. But not all of us are in touch with our struggle, are we? We're not in touch with the struggle that we have to believe the good news. We gloss over our pain. We're unwilling to, to, to struggle, so instead we minimize our struggle and we say, so many people have it worse than us. Or maybe you outright deny the struggle and you just push through it. But both, the glossing over and the denying it are delusions. Because until we're willing to embrace struggle, we'll never experience grace. See, struggling with unbelief is not a sign of failure in the Christian faith. It's an opportunity to be needy for Jesus. Struggling is an opportunity to hear God tell you things like he did to Mary. When he said, do not be afraid, you have found favor with God. Struggling opens up the door for connection with God and others. Struggling makes us desperate to hear a word from the Lord. Struggling makes us look in, outside of our own meager resources into the vastness of God's resources. And God's resources are rarely in the abstract. They come in objective forms called the means of grace. And one of those means of grace are his people. Think about the narrative. In verses 26 to 38, Mary gets the good news that she struggles to believe is good news. And then in verses 46 to 56, she sings. So what happened between verses 39 and 45 that changed Mary? So you have struggle up here, you have singing down here. How'd she get from struggling to singing? Well, in the middle, there's this episode. And it's an episode with Elizabeth. And God used Elizabeth to bolster Mary's belief in the good news. And maybe you struggle to believe the good news that God loves you. And maybe you're in your current struggle so that God can get you into real relationships. And maybe that's what your struggle wants from you. And it's all too like God to not let Mary walk through this hard, peculiar, life-altering nine months of pregnancy alone. He's not going to let her do it. Elizabeth is going to be with her. And Elizabeth doesn't view herself as anything special. What we see in Elizabeth is all she really does is she just points beyond herself to the God who's at work in Mary's life. Isn't that what we need when we're struggling with unbelief? We need to know that God's not allergic to our trouble and that he's at work. Look at the content of Elizabeth's words in that passage. In verses 39 to 45, you don't hear any religious cliches or bumper stickers or generic vague phrases things like everything happens for a reason doesn't say it she doesn't say things like when god closes the door he opens up another he doesn't she doesn't say god won't give you more than you can handle 
Because the truth about all those things is that they're more unhelpful and untrue than they are helpful and true. But what you see on Elizabeth's lips are substantive, specific, related to what she's going through kinds of words. In that last verse, verse 44, she says, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You see what God did? What God did is he sent Elizabeth to echo what the angel had already said to Mary. Mary didn't need to hear anything new from Elizabeth. Mary got all she ever needed from the angel. But what Elizabeth did was reinforce in her heart what had already been said, already been said so she might believe it more deeply. And that's what we all need as strugglers. We don't need to hear anything new. We just need to hear what God has already said and what God has already done through his people. Especially when we're struggling. See, many of us, we're living life alone. We don't have these meaningful relationships so that when we're in the midst of our struggling that we can hear these words reinforced to us. We've chosen solitary confinement over being known. And being known is what we so desperately want. Well, brother and sister, can I tell you something tonight? You're not alone. The good news of Christmas is Emmanuel. God is with us. And Jesus came as a man to be present with us. He's still with us. I know he ascended to heaven. But he sent his spirit to indwell all of us as Christians for all of our lives, not just when we're feeling it. And God wants us to tap into the joy of his indwelling presence, so much so that he sends Elizabeth to us to remind us that we're not alone. And these Elizabeths, they're not just going to be standing with us. These Elizabeths are going to point us to draw from the strength that Jesus has within our very bones. See, Jesus is closer to us than any Elizabeth will ever be. He can empathize with our situation more than any Elizabeth ever will. Because Jesus is the friend of Proverbs 18.24. He's the one who sticks closer than a brother. He's the one who sticks closer than an Elizabeth so that we can, like Mary, sing on the other side of our struggle. Let's pray. Oh, Father, this Christmas, we know we're supposed to be cheery and bright. We know that this is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. But when we look at the first Christmas, things weren't all cheery and bright. Things weren't all wonderful. But Mary was troubled. She was troubled to believe something so good for her. And so, Lord, we've all been told something very good, that we're loved as sinners in Jesus. And so, Lord, would you help us believe it? Would you use other people in our lives to help us believe it? Lord, would you use us to reinforce in others' lives that it's true? Oh, Lord, do this this day, tomorrow, and the next. In Christ's name, amen.